Coming up on today's episode, let's talk about graduating college for the first and last time. This abysmal football game that went down between the Cowboys and the Bills on Sunday. And a last minute addition to this episode because it happened right as I started recording. We got a verdict about one of the biggest supervillains in all of Hollywood. You know what time it is. Sports, entertainment, music, and so many types of chaos. All on the same wavelength. It's AM on the FM. Thank you very much, Big Voice Man, a.k.a. Ron, a.k.a. My Friend, and a graduate. Congrats, my friend. But today's quote, the quote of the day to kick off AM on the FM is, Hold on to your dreams. The future is built on dreams. And that is from the great Peter Cullen. And the reason I bring to you a quote from the great Peter Cullen is because just yesterday he was honored with the Emmys Lifetime Achievement Award at the second annual Children's and Family Emmys uh, here this weekend. And obviously for his work, if you do not know, as Optimus Prime, among other characters, but had uh, a very, and is continuing to have, uh, as he has not slowed down, a legendary career in the world of voiceover and whatnot. So uh, he was a big part of my childhood. I mean, my first car was a yellow Camaro with black racing stripes because of the Transformers franchise and Peter Cullen, his voice is so iconic and it is a big uh, part of the reason why I got into the whole entertainment and like audio uh, vocal entertainment scene, if you will, through radio and whatnot uh, is because at one point for a very long time, I wanted to just be a voice actor. I wanted to, uh, you know, use my tone to entertain and uh now i'm informing as well but you know and that's still still definitely in play and still definitely something that could happen down the road and something i would very much enjoy uh, but peter cullen is one of the best to ever do it congratulations to you sir but as i mentioned uh you might get a little bit of a second bonus free quote of the day you don't have to pay me anything for that uh the quote of the day Part two is congratulations to me, and that's from L.A. Knight. Uh, my one little moment to be self-absorbed because uh, this past Friday I did graduate after what felt like a million years at UT Arlington. Uh, I graduated with my Bachelor's of Communication and very excited to be done. Uh, it was kind of bittersweet, though, I can't lie. Uh Later on throughout the rest of the day, I kind of hung out with some friends and celebrated. And as the last couple left uh, later in the night, you know, I got back into my room and I started to think about it. And, you know, it, it just kept on replaying in my head. And I even had to say it a few times verbally, like, it's over. It's really over. I mean, obviously, I have the choice to go back and... um pursue something post-grad, which is not on the table for me whatsoever, because uh, I kind of like what I have lying ahead of me, even though I don't exactly know what that is right now. Um, but the point is, first and last time graduating college, not doing it again, at least not for a very long time, if you don't like dealing in absolutes. Uh, but yeah, it happened, and it's over. It's officially over, and I would like to take the short, brief moment to uh, just kind of thank everyone who, you know, embarked on that journey with me and made it come to life. Uh, from the family to 
the friends that were the support system, but especially the faculty and staff and the students that made it uh, all worth it, really, and actually helped teach me things. And um, major shout out to the broadcast department in terms of the faculty. Uh, all of the professors and everyone at UTA, if you are thinking about pursuing a broadcast degree, UTA is a great place to go. From Lance to LaDonna to Dr. Tremaine, everybody in between, even in like the photojournalism department with Brad and all of them, like everybody there. I, I did not have a single bad encounter with any professor in the broadcast department at UTA, and I learned something from each and every one of them, even if it was something small, you know, because perhaps maybe the curriculum that was, uh, you know, centering around the class, I kind of already knew, you know, just because of my early steps in radio starting at 18 and, you know, at 21 years old at the time, you know, getting into those classes, I kind of already knew a lot of the stuff, but, you know, a lot of the stuff that isn't exactly in the curriculum, you know, like the chats that I had with professors about the future and about, possible options outside of radio and whatever should that need to be an option. Um, all of those life conversations that were had, uh, very much appreciated. Shout out to all of the faculty there, but especially the students and the group of insanely talented and wonderful young adults that I got to surround myself with and work with in, you know, real life work settings. Uh, at the studios at UTA. Uh, these are some really special and different cats coming out of UTA nowadays out of that broadcast program. There's a lot of fantastic talent. And I'm not just saying that because I made friends along the way or because I feel like I need to. I'm saying that because I genuinely felt multiple times a need to step up my own effort and step up my own production and step up my own work outside of school because I've, I I just have this feeling that, hey, this new generation of broadcasters and media members that are entering the world, they're going to catch up to you quick. They're not going to let you get, uh, get away with lacking a little bit. They're going to catch you lacking and they're going to catch you uh, quicker than you can expect. There's some really dedicated and really talented individuals uh, that, you know, this generation is providing to the media scene. I'm so excited for the future of broadcast and the future of media. Uh, you're starting to see it in some areas. You're even seeing it at the day job, you know, um, with like myself and Blake, you know, coming in at what, 22 and 24 years old, respect, re respectively, easy for me to say. Um, and just a, remind, a reminder, see, this is just proving my point even more that uh, these are a one-take wonder. You're not going to hear any uh, of me buffing out mistakes. Uh, the only thing I will cut out is pauses where if I need to go like take care of something real quick or get a drink of water, uh, that is the only thing you are going to hear edited out. Uh, mistakes, you get to point your finger and laugh at me. It's totally okay, I promise. I do it to myself all the time. You can do it too. Uh, but uh, back to where I was at, which I don't even remember where I was at, but this is just a really unique group. This is a really tight-knit group as well. I'm excited to see where these people go. Um, and I can't name off everyone because I'm sure I'm going to leave someone out. 
Uh, but people like Ron, who voices the intro for this podcast, Ron is one of the most talented humans I have ever met. Uh, Kiera. Kiera is up and coming. Uh, she is a superstar in the making. Uh, Leah, everyone, Vanessa, uh, Dylan, you know, everyone that I met along the way and all the friends I made along the way and the, all the talented indiv- individuals that I got to work with in a studio setting. Um, this is a different group, man. So if you're in this field and you're a little bit, uh, you know, uh, you're beating us in the age respect, if you will, uh, you got to watch your back, man. You got to watch your back. I don't think anybody's safe anymore because this is a really different group of people that's coming into the workforce in terms of broadcast. So uh, thank you to every one of you who made that experience so worth it. And I am so unbelievably proud of each one of you and excited to see what you do. And hopefully um, I'm not having to call you guys boss one day because that would mean something went horribly wrong on my end. But guess what? It wouldn't shock me either because, again, really great people coming out of that class. So uh, just wanted to hit on graduation and the experience a little bit. Shout out to everyone who helped me celebrate. And shout out to everyone who gave me all the well wishes and congratulations. Uh, very appreciative of the social media support and whatnot uh, for the people that don't exactly get to talk to me on a day-to-day basis in person or what have you. Uh, the fans and the the Tolos and everybody appreciate each one of you for reaching out and um, I will address just very briefly, don't want to spend too much time on the future, um, because it's an interesting conversation and I don't think you really understand how interesting that conversation is until you actually get into the workforce here in the broadcast media world. I wish I had answers for you. I really do. Like I can tell you what the immediate future is. I can tell you as soon as I'm done recording this podcast, I'm going to clean it up. I'm going to upload it. I'm going to send out the link on Twitter at Alec on the radio and possibly Instagram at Alec on the radio. Shocker. Um, I'm going to go eat dinner. I'm going to enjoy the rest of my night and I'm going to go to bed and I'm going to go back to work. (laughs) That's pretty much it. Uh, I took a few days off to enjoy myself and it's time to get back to work and it's the same place that you know I've been for four years and everybody expects to hear me at so short term I I can tell you you know exactly where I'm gonna be but you know I I I have lots of questions getting sent to the dms and the text messages and verbally with friends you know of like hey so uh, what's next I wish I had an answer for you because to be quite frank a lot of that stuff is out of my hands so Um, We will just wait and see what the next step, what the next chapter is, and whatever it is, I am excited for it because I know it's going to be something awesome. Uh, And no, that's not me hinting at anything before anybody wants to get any ideas. I'm just saying I have a great feeling that whatever happens with, you know, I'm not even going to speculate because I don't want to do that. Um, You know, whatever happens, happens. And I'm excited because I know if if something does happen, it's going to be for a great reason. Uh, And that reason is I work my ass off and I am very proud of the work I do for myself and for my brand per se, for the AM on the FM brand. So, and you guys are a big part of it. So thank you for that. Enough rambling. 
let's ramble about something different. Let's ramble about what happened in Orchard Park here on Sunday. Uh, the Buffalo Bills offense found its legs quite literally just in time to make a playoff push, and it came at the expense of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Josh Allen. Oh, boy. This is a fun conversation we're about to have. He basically just got to sit there and spectate. You know, like, if you if you play, a like, a like a shooter game, some kind of game like that, um, like a Fortnite or a Call of Duty or a CSGO, whatever it may be, and it's one of those game modes where if you die, you die. You don't come back unless, you know, like, you get rebooted or whatever. What does it do whenever you're dead? It just makes you spectate. Either if you're running solos, the person that killed you, or... Uh, if you're playing in teams, you spectate a teammate, right? Well, Josh Allen absolutely got to play spectator. Uh, he he just got to stand there and watch James Cook run. And where did he run? Um, all over the candy asses of the Dallas Cowboys defense. And to the point where Josh Allen even agreed with the assessment after the game, telling reporters that, quote, I felt like a kid that didn't do anything in a class project, but got an A. But I'll do this 10 times out of 10. Like, keep going, end quote. That's egregious. Josh Allen, you know, he has his faults, and especially here in the DFW market, we like to fault those those shortcomings, and we like to point them out. But all things aside, he's still one of the best, very best quarterbacks in the NFL. When you are able to eliminate him and contain him to 7 of 15 for 94 and a score, you think you're winning that game. Like that stat line, you either look and say, oh, he got hurt and take it out of the game because he just threw 15 attempts. Or you say, they really felt like they couldn't pass the ball against you. And that's a great thing, right? Well, it is a great thing until you look at the box and you see that. James Cook carried the football for 25 attempts and racking up 179 yards on the ground. Not great. Not great. And he kind of diced you up out of the backfield, too, with two catches for 42 and a score. It's it's egregious. At the end of the day... Stephen Jones. It's egregious. It is absolutely egregious. Uh, I don't know where to begin with James Cook because I talked about it on the radio. Going into this game, literally the week leading into it was, what have we been saying about the Buffalo Bills for three years now? You know, for pretty much the entirety of the Josh Allen experiences, man, if they just had a run game, they would be winning AFC championships every other year. And the Dallas Cowboys run defense made this James Cook, which no discredit to him. It's just you haven't exactly seen what you saw from his brother even, you know, it's no discredit of James Cook because personally, I've always liked him. I just thought it was more on the offensive line, not being able to block for them, and then the fact that, you know, the guys like James Cook and everything, they're not a Derrick Henry where they can force their way down a field. They're not an Alvin Kamara. They're not a, 
you know, healthy Ezekiel Elliott. They're not this, that, or the other. They're not a Christian McCaffrey where they can just do it all themselves. You know, so it's no fault of his own, but he looked like one of those guys against the Dallas Cowboys run defense. Um, I don't like being that guy that says, I told you so, but Buffalo did rush for 266 yards as a team and held the ball for 10 minutes longer than the Cowboys and had 28 first downs compared to the Cowboys 14, literally doubling them up. Um, I told you so. And what do, what do I mean by that? What do you mean by that? I mean that I have been saying ever since week two of the Cowboys season, when they played the New York Jets, I have been saying they never fixed the run defense. They never fixed it. And then what else did I tell you as recent as this week? Losing Jonathan Hankins was going to be a big deal. I told you guys this. There's audio files of it. Go to the website. It exists out there. I promise you that. And it's just amazing to me that no matter how many or what people I asked about the Jonathan Hankins injury, you know, being a multi-week high ankle sprain, I kept asking, how worried are you? Because I'm worried. And I kept getting back from other friends that cover the team or that, you know, cover the the sport. You know, they're going to be okay. They'll be fine. You know, they'll pull up old boy off the practice squad and then Mozzie Smith will get some very important reps. Well, (laughs) it did not work. Uh, Big Hank is going to be a very... Uh, missed piece here across this Cowboys defensive line. And until he comes back, you're going to see that. And guess what? It doesn't get any easier, Cowboys. It doesn't get any easier, Mozzie. Blank ain't sweet. You know why? Because you got the Miami Dolphins coming up this weekend. And Raheem Mostert, I know he's not a household name, but he is this season. I think the stat was... He had 18 career rushing touchdowns going into this season, and now he has 19 in this year alone. He's already surpassed his career total rushing touchdown number. Devon Achan has been a force for them. Can't stay healthy, but when he is, oh boy, Texas A&M workhorse is uh, he's just that. He is incredible. Uh, and then you've got the speed element in a Jalen Waddle and a presumably healthy, we don't really know yet, Tyreek Hill. It's not going to get any easier. And it seemed like the Buffalo Bills had that full intent of playing keep away uh, in a persistent rain, but they definitely had that intent regardless because they, according to uh, NFL Next Gen stats, they were a... 17% overexpected in terms of rushing. Not yards or anything, just attempts. 17% overexpected. English is really easy today. Really easy. Um, They got up and they continued to, to just kill the clock. The game of possession. 
Cowboys couldn't convert on third downs. They couldn't stay out of the penalty box, if you will. Um, 195 yards on offense in total against a depleted defense in Buffalo. Missing two regulars in edge rusher A.J. Epinesa and then their safety Micah Hyde. Uh, Still had three sacks and held Dak to 21 of 34 passing for a buck 34 and a pick. And it's a Cowboys offense that scored 40 or more points five different times this season and punted five times in that game and was limited to eight first downs before gaining six on the final drive. It was gross. Four of the Bills' first five possessions lasted more than four minutes and 40 seconds. It was just an ugly game all around. And when you start seeing guys like Tank Lawrence missing tackles, when you see Micah Parsons not really interested in getting in the big group settings, it just seemed like there was no effort. Like, at the end of the day, there was no effort. This team was depleted. This team was embarrassed. This team wasn't trying. They weren't trying. There's no way to get around it. And I'm not trying to be Mr. Shock Jock getting angry, you know, in front of a microphone kind of thing. This is exactly how I felt yesterday. Slept on it and felt exactly the same when I woke up. And look, I'm not a knee-jerk reaction guy either. I still think in the long term they could be fine. They were due, in my mind, they were always going to split these one of these two games. Or these two games, I should say. They were going to split these games with a loss to either the Bills or the Dolphins. One of the two. I didn't know who. And I really talked myself into this reality going into this game against the Bills that it was going to be against the Bills that they were able to win and they would lose in Miami. Uh, I just felt like Buffalo's defense had enough issues and I felt like their run game wouldn't be great. But here I am eating all of that crow because this team just didn't want to show up. They seemed very uninterested. They did not want to play football on Sunday. That was a team that was just not in the mood. And it feels like they're not in the mood every time they hit the road. And that's a bad thing, because what's going to happen now? Uh, Especially if Philadelphia ends up winning their game here on Monday Night Football against the Seahawks. They have sole possession of first place in the NFC East, and what does that mean? that the Cowboys are going to be on the road because the Cowboys did clinch a playoff berth yesterday, buried beneath everything else. They did clinch, but the Eagles would still be ahead of you in the NFC East race, and that's not a great thing because then you're going to have to hit the road if you're the Dallas Cowboys, and just imagine what would break out if, and only if, The Cowboys lost to an NFC South foe on the road. If they have to face the New Orleans Saints or an Atlanta Falcons and they lose, everything will go haywire. Everything will crumble beneath our feet and everything will be questioned and everyone will be questioned and everyone 
will be evaluated. And multiple people will get fired. It's not great, man. It's not great. Not a good look. But you still get to go look at the standings and see that you're 10-4 and and you have made the playoffs. Am I worried? To an extent, yes. Am I giving up? Absolutely not. This team has been phenomenal. There's no reason to give up. You know, what you can give up on now is Dak's MVP candidacy. Which really sucks because I felt like going into this game, he was absolutely the most deserving and Vegas agreed with the line that they put out. I just feel bad. I really do. Because I was starting to buy in and I got proven that uh, still can't do that. That's still not allowed with this team. Um, I'm one of you guys, but I tried to take the high road and try to be, I don't want to say optimistic, I just try to be fair. You know, I feel like there's a lot of emotional reaction, a lot of knee-jerk reaction. Look, if you want emotional, you're not really going to get that unless it's like the really gut-wrenching, heartbreaking losses from me. Uh, I, I very much detached myself emotionally from this team, having to work around them so much. Uh, that only the big things get to me. I get irritated and I get frustrated, but it's not anything that keeps me up at night. This is not a loss that's going to keep me up at night throughout the week. This is a loss that I fully understand, and I get it. The answer is simple. They just didn't want to play. I'm not making an excuse for them. I'm not trying to cover up for them. I'm not defending it at all. That's what happened. Watch the... Watch the game. Watch the condensed replay. And tell me that team was interested in playing football. They weren't. They weren't. And I just did a segment over this last week on the radio. Can the Cowboys handle their own prosperity for once? And clearly, I spoke too soon and I answered the question way too soon. Way too early. Because I said they could. After beating the Eagles, after beating the Seahawks, I felt like they could handle their prosperity. They had a great team. They had some great play calling. And guess what? They were winning handedly in certain situations. Not exactly against the Seahawks, but they got that gritty win that they kind of needed, I thought, to wake them up. But no, this team, they just can't ever handle their own prosperity, especially under Mike McCarthy. It seems like something, a wrench always has to get thrown in. And it's irritating because you don't see this with other teams. Or if you do, you see it earlier on. The 49ers, you saw that three-game stretch where Purdy got concussed and Debo got hurt and Purdy came back and he was really bad. You see it with the other teams. They find a way to react and respond. And then it's, it's over with for the rest of the year. This is really twice that we've seen this happen now with the Cowboys this season. And it's ridiculous. On the road, they just can't play well. They did it in Santa Clara earlier this year, got embarrassed. They went to Buffalo when it was just raining and it wasn't even that cold. They got embarrassed. This team is embarrassed. This team isn't motivated right now. And I don't know what they need to light underneath them to get that that flare, get that spark again. 
but something needs to happen. Something needs to be done. And don't take that quote out of context. I don't mean go fire the head coach or anything. I'm just saying, like, someone needs to step up. Someone needs to say that to the team. I don't know who it is. Someone needs to. There's a lot to correct here. I didn't particularly think anyone played great in that game besides a select few. Brandon Aubrey is still perfect. I love that man. I really do. Butter Aubrey is... Right now, he's the best at his job on the team, which is great. You know, you hope you can say that about the kicker on most teams, that they go out there and just knock it right through. Pretty simple, right? It's not that simple, but that's what we always like to equate it to and like to think about. Um, TJ Bass coming in for an injured Zach Martin who hurt his quad and exited the game after it kind of locked up on him. I thought TJ Bass played well, which... Throughout training camp and the preseason, we kind of got to see that. And uh, TJ Bass, you might have found something in him. I'm not here to tell you he's a decade-long starter that's going to be in the Hall of Fame, but man, taking a guy that the expectations were non-existent. It's not that they were low or on the ground. There just wasn't expectations. He's a practice squad guy. You know, that's all they expected him to be. It's just be a body, be an option. He's been pretty good. In his chances. Very pleased with how he looked. Outside of that, I don't think I have any nice things to say. I really don't. I'm not going to sit here and just yap forever. I don't have anything nice to say. And you know what the golden rule of thumb is? If you don't got something nice to say, don't say anything at all. So, I'm not going to say anything about it. On to Miami. Um... The way that the team played against the Bills, I'm not so sure that they can even split this series. So as of right now, I'm not confident that they can go win that game in Miami. I'm sure there's definitely a reality where they can't trust me. All they need to do is find a way to eliminate a couple of the weapons for Tua and make them force some stuff, and they're good. That defense is still a playmaking defense, but they can get got. But still, right now, today on Monday, don't know how great I feel about that matchup against the Dolphins. I really don't. And final topic of conversation for today's episode, as I promised, as shout out to the parents, I got a new microphone as a graduation gift, so I just needed to give you all some content and share the love. And... This one, I'm not sure how much I'm really going to get into because I feel like there's a couple different directions I would like to go. And I just, quite frankly, in one episode, don't have enough time for. Um, I'm not sure if it's really what you came for. So it might be something I need to try out another time later down the road. Maybe when we get some clarification about what's next. In this story and what what is going to happen next and what needs to happen. I mean, we kind of know what needs to happen, but let's go ahead and talk about uh, the headline news that came across here on Monday. Actor and right now in my mind, uh, Kang the Conqueror. Jonathan Majors was found guilty of assault and harassment uh, in the charges pressed against him by his former uh, girlfriend. And 
there's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> there really is. Um, he's one of Hollywood's fastest rising stars that we've seen in a while. Um, and that all came to a halt before he, he had to, uh, or after, I, sh- I should say, uh, he had to face misdemeanor domestic violence charges in Man- Manhattan. Um, and, of course, he was found guilty by the six-person jury. Uh, he was found not guilty, though, on two other counts that had required prosecutors to show that he had acted with intent, one of assault and one of harassment. Um, so the verdict came after about five hours of deliberation over three days, according to the New York Times. Um, and look, there's a lot to unpack. There is a lot to unpack after the accusations uh, raised by Grace Jabari, his ex-girlfriend. She claimed that the altercation left her ear bloody and her finger fractured, and the court found enough evidence to believe that she was telling the truth. And, uh, you know, this was one of those things that here recently we've, I feel like as a collective whole, We've been trying to be better. I don't know if we have been better, but I think we've been trying to be better at the whole, you know, let the legal process play out um, without verbally saying he's innocent, he's innocent, she's innocent, she's innocent until proven guilty. Just say, hey, those exist. Let's keep those in our mind, but let's let it play out. Um, And this one, it felt like from the jump, didn't look great for Jonathan Majors after the pretty damning evidence that was put out against him, um, including the recordings and the messages and all of that, the the video footage. Like, we knew the incident happened. It was just what propelled it there from my understanding. And uh, all of that aside, because I'm not here to, you know, act like I'm some official source inside the courtroom or uh, I'm some expert when it comes to the law. You know, this is all just based off of my reading from people who are smarter than me. Um, I'm not going to break down all of that, the situation and everything. My question was, uh, what's next? And that's asking about two different entities. One, for Jonathan Majors. Two, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, for Jonathan Majors, I kind of touched on it. I think his career is pretty much done. Um, I don't see how he can come back from this. I really don't. Uh, I I don't know. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to sit here and give you a real answer of how <laughs> he could come back from this in terms of getting back into Hollywood. I mean, he's already made his money and everything. He'll be fine, but. I don't, I don't see where you can come back from this. I really don't. Um, now the question is for Marvel Studios and for the Marvel Cinematic Universe as there is literally a movie coming out and not just any movie, a Avengers movie that is titled after his character, Kang the Conqueror. Um, the Kang Dynasty pretty much has to be no more, right? Is that what we're thinking? Um, I don't know if if they just go the recast route 
you know, I wouldn't blame them because I know that these stories, as much as people love to kind of hate on the story writing process and whatever, especially with Marvel here as of late, uh, these stories take years to make. And they, they've been thinking about this story. They've been at least kind of crossing the T's on it and dotting some of the I's for years now. Like, this has been in play for a while. Uh, and the fact that they thought they had it all figured out, and they probably have a story that culminates here in this little bit of a trilogy that they're doing with the Avengers movies, uh, and the the bigger the bigger names as well that kind of mix into that schedule up through, what is it, like 2026, I think? Um, they probably had all of this planned out already, a while back, and they had a pretty, in their minds, a linear story to us on the outside. We have no clue. We don't know what's happening, but they have a roadmap of, hey, we're going to start here and we're going to end here. Uh, that has to change now, clearly. And especially because Marvel is a very, you know, for the most part, family-friendly entity under Disney, and they need to market to the, you know, the, the common person and the common child, and the common family. And you don't want to do that by putting, you know, someone who is just accused of domestic violence and charged with domestic violence uh, criminally. That's, that's not a good look. So, I don't know where they go. I, I would totally understand if they recast it. And personally... I think there are some good options out there. Uh, I think a John David Washington could work. Um, he's in the new Creator movie. I think that's the like the AI movie. He was in Tenet. Uh, he was in Black Klansman. Uh, he he's kind of got that aura about him. Uh, he's got the look too. I I could totally see him playing just a total you know, recast. Um, and he's really popular in modern day cinema too. People like him. Um, he was in HBO series as well. Like that would be a solid option that I wouldn't be mad at. Uh, one that I think physically probably fits the role just because, uh, I've seen him more recently play this kind of a role, but, um, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II is a really fun name to think about. And if you're wondering who that is, he was in The Get Down, he was in uh, The Matrix Resurrections, but he was also in Aquaman. And I could see this. Because I'm just looking at a picture right now that I had pulled up from Aquaman. It's just this shot of him with a scar on his forehead staring into the camera, like, all angry. Like, he just looks like a king. He just looks like a conqueror. And in the movie, he was jacked, too. So, that 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 helps. But, um... He's got the experience, you know, with huge film franchises, and he is set to uh, join the MCU as Simon Williams, the Wonder Man, in Marvel Studios' Wonder Man series. Uh, but with, you know, recent speculation concerning Kang and everything, they could just say, hey, you're kind of already under the umbrella. Why not shift you into the larger villain role? And then you could just have to recast Simon Williams. So it's a double recasting, but um, you're not 
losing anyone and you're probably providing a bigger opportunity to a guy that deserves it, I could I could see that. And I wouldn't mind it. Uh, he's on the younger side as well. Um, that could work if you wanted to go in a little bit of a different direction, but a fantastic actor, uh, Jeffrey Wright. I could see that. Uh, he's been around for a while, you know, back to Cas- Casino Royale and everything. But uh, he's still doing movies. He was in The Batman a year ago. Um, he knows what the spotlight is like. And uh, he would fit that villain role perfectly. Um, and I think the reason why I was doing some reading and someone had a great point. If you want that villain to have a likable quality or two and seem really human, he would be really good at doing that. I feel like Kang does need that element to be as creepy as he is. I've seen a lot of people say Caleb McLaughlin and look, great actor. I just think he's too young. If you wanted to make him the variant that ends up becoming Iron Lad, uh, that could make sense. I just don't think he, you know, in the upcoming Kang Dynasty, he makes sense there. Um, and then I saw something that was actually really fun speculation that I wouldn't hate, really wouldn't hate, is uh, the idea that his female variant comes into play. Um, because I was doing some reading about a few different names that would fit in the female variant. Uh, and there was one that popped up, uh, the British actor, I think her name was, uh, Guju Mbathara. I'm probably butchering the pronunciation there, but, uh, the name was familiar. I was like, I've seen that before. Where, where did I see that? And she was actually in, uh, Loki in season one. She played the, uh, TVA judge in season one and her connection to he who remains uh apparently was further established in season two um i haven't seen season two so i don't know but uh there's been some theories that i was reading up on that she might be revealed as kang the conqueror variant whatever they want to call it uh but if it's true i wouldn't mind it because i think she's a great actress and I think it makes sense in terms of linear connection with the uh, the Marvel lore. Uh, it, it's something that actually happens because I know there's going to be a very specific crown of people that are going to come out and not be happy about it. But um, it does make sense. And I kind of just, I, I don't have any say in this, obviously. I don't get paid enough for that. But... I just want to see where they go now. Like I'm, I'm very much an impatient person. <laughs> I, I just want to, I want to hit the skip forward button, and I want to see where and what direction this goes. I really do. Uh, I, I'm intrigued. I don't want to say I'm excited, but I'm excited. Um, it's a really bad situation for everyone, but this could be a great opportunity to take a lesser-known star. Kind of like the way that Jonathan Majors ascended, you know, how quick his ascension was. Putting someone that deserves and can execute that role in that spot would propel him arguably even faster than he propelled himself. Uh, So you have an 
opportunity here and a very unique opportunity to create a star. I would love to see you create a star, Marvel. That would be really fun. So that's my two cents on that. Um, Literally, right before I hit the red record button, I saw the headline pop up across uh, Google that Majors had been charged and found guilty of domestic violence. So, yeah, it's over, buddy. It's over. Uh, Kang the Conqueror, we need a resolution to what is next for the character, and there's a few different options of what could lie ahead. But that's going to do it for me here on this episode. Appreciate you guys tuning in wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, any of the above. Amazon, appreciate you checking in as always. And uh, thank you to again to everyone who reached out after graduation and whatnot. Appreciate each and every one of you. But for myself, Alec Medford, if you're feeling fancy am on the fm if you're feeling literal it's him h-i-m is a-m on the fm until next time take care of yourselves tell somebody you love them today and i will catch you guys on the other side